All right, so I was watching this docu pick, I guess, uh, the other day. It's a four or five part series um, called Hidden Colors. And it's basically about all of the erasing that Europeans did of black people throughout history. Oh, God, I'm with you. So I was reluctant because you know how I am about watching like real Afrocentric shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I fuck with Afrocentric. I do. But I feel like some of us that are woke are woke in the wrong way. Like, we get woke and it's like, oh, I'm above you, you regular ass, coon ass nigga, because... Woke people and vegans are exactly the fucking same, bro. (laughs) Like, Like, bro, like, just let me live my life. Like, yeah, I know that this is happening. I know what it is, but... Unless we come together as a collective to try to change shit, it's not going to change. And you sitting here looking at a regular nigga nigga, just sitting here talking all this dumb shit, looking down on him, is not changing the way he thinks, the knowledge that he has, or even the idea behind the fact that we have been culturally raped and we just don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... I think I talked to you about this earlier. I brought it up to you or somebody else. But one day I was watching this fucking video about like the about Egypt and shit, right? And they were looking at all the Egyptian sculptures and the tools and all sorts of type of shit. And then I noticed something stupendously obvious that I never fucking asked. Why is it Egyptian sculptures always have their nose broken? Like at first I was thinking, well, it's an appendage, it could get knocked off. But no! Because the nose is how you know black people are black. So I got the answer for you. That's that's actually in this this five part series. So it basically says that if you look at history, ancient texts, even in modern day Italy and most of Europe still in itself today, you look at old um, uh, Indian um, uh, civilizations before the Europeans came here. Like you look at anywhere in the world. And you will find the oldest dated uh, uh, archaeological finds are based on black faces. Yeah. The nose, the cheeks, the eyes, all Mm. of it is similar to what you will find in, if you go to modern day Egypt and look at hieroglyphs on the wall Mm -hmm. or statues and carvings that they had from then, like everything they went into even showing how, like, if you go to the remote civilizations of um, India and uh, some of these Native American tribes that still have been untouched and stay uh, secluded from everybody, how they look like Africans that are still in Africa today. Like, I mean, better yet. If you look at the Aborigines in Australia, like Australia itself is so fucking secluded from the rest of the world. But the Aborigines and black people are like similar. Like we have our differences. You can tell somebody's Aborigine, but that's just because of the terrain they grew up in. But like the nose, the forehead, the cheeks, the skin complexion is all there. And white people had to send people to fucking Australia and they had to fight against the Aborigines. The Aborigines look African. Like... So, yeah, they, it's you can't even. I hate to keep saying this. What? But that's in there too. <laughs> so, so, 
Like, yo, I've never about, seen this shit either. Do you know that they were, that the Aborigines were considered still a thing until like 30, 40 years ago? Really? Like they were not people? They were not categorized as people. And it says basically because the Australians went there and, well, the Europeans and Spaniards went there and fucking took over, like took over and tried to push them out. And they were one of the tribes that actually fought and stayed. Yeah. Which is why they didn't get considered people. Yeah. I mean, to me, the Aborigines successfully did what the Native Americans were trying to do. Because when because when Europeans came, they couldn't enslave Native Americans. Not just because of disease, but you can't. You're a guest in my house, and you trying to take over my house. I know how to move around my house in the dark. You don't. So, but you know, so they came and they did the whole smallpox shit, and then they just kept bringing over people till they were able to outnumber them and had a tech, technological advance. The Aborigines was like, okay, the guns on. is the only thing to help Europe <laughs> yeah. take over. That's like. If you look at their weaponry, that's that's really the only reason that they were able to overpower any civilization that they took over. And they were crueler than anybody else. They talk about in this thing. I, I I'm just, gonna have to. I'm gonna have just to keep going, it. bro. I'm gonna have to write an excerpt at the end of it and be like, <laughs> shout out to in <laughs> colors. But nah, like they talk about shit I lost my train of thought what was I talking about I was oh, talking about the cruelty the savage so they talk about how they they basically were able to get into the minds of Africans because we as a people like we look at a brotherhood like brown every brown person any brown culture has a brotherhood at least with that own subculture mm-hmm. but when you come into white people there's no fucking brotherhood unless you go to the Aryan nation like everything is I'm a savage. I'm going to take what I want because I don't have it. Have no soul. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, it's... You have to be, like... They talk about how, like, Native Americans used to scout people. But, like, comp- scalping compared to giving a child a fucking infested blanket in the wintertime? A disease-infested blanket? Just just because you wanted their land? That's or skinning a- and cannibalism. Yeah, they like, practice that shit now still. Yeah, that shit is. Uh, um, damn, I was gonna. I had a thought, right? It had to do. Oh, that's another thing. You was talking about how. See, this this is a little pet peeve on me that I picked up recently, right? Like, this is the one thing I think white people have right. I think we as Black people in America, and I use that, I say those words that way, because we need to categorize ourselves. We don't agree, most of us don't agree on African American, some of us don't agree being called black, some of us don't agree on being called Afro-American. I think that, and it's like, black people say black isn't a race, and I'm like, and all of this shit about, if I feel like if we came together and said, we are this. This is what we want. If, we, if you want to check a box on, a, on an interview sheet, that's what we're going to check. I mean, but if you think about it, we are the only one in the race category that is named a color, bro. Like, and we just accept that. And I can't even lie. I, I, I fell into being that, oh, yeah, nah, I'm from America. I don't really fuck with Africans like that at one point in my life. And it was just like, nah, I'm from here. They don't fuck with us. 
we don't fuck with them. It's a love-hate relationship because we know where we came from, but at the same time, if where we came from, the media, I will say the media now that I have knowledge, has ingrained us to feel like that against each other. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's why I, I, first time I ever heard Afro-American, it resonated with me. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I get Afro-American, I'm with it because... Because even though they call themselves white and they call themselves uh, Americans, no, you're Caucasian Americans. You come from the fucking Caucasus Islands, okay? There's only one American. They're Native Americans. So I would be so cool if we just came as a people and switched that shit to Afro-Americans. Like, I get it. Like, I just feel like we need to get away from the term black because it's used against us. Because we're pitted against each other. We're pitted against ourselves from, from the moment of birth. Yeah. It is, if you're not doing this right, if you're not doing that right, which is always the white way to do it, you do it for the white man, the white people. And it's basically modern day shucking and jiving, bro. But at the end of the day, that is what we have to do to be able to get ahead. Yeah. Unless you build it for yourself. Which I feel like this pandemic, I was just telling... Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and I, I, out of nowhere, it just clicked in my head. It's like, yo, this pandemic is going to be so good for our people just in the sense of, yes, I feel like it was targeted toward us in the, in the first place once it came to America, mm-hmm. but we have been able to capitalize and it's pushing so many people into starting their own business. Whereas before it was, oh, I want to try this, but I don't have the time. Oh, I want to pick up this hobby, but I don't have time to learn about it. Or I don't have time to actually do it. Or I don't have... It's always something that's keeping us from doing our our part in our own success. But now, so many people are unemployed. And it's like, okay, I got time. I need to figure out how I'm going to make money to feed my family. Let me do what what I think I'm good at and see if it works. Yeah. I mean, like... And as sad as, like... As sad as what happened with Joy Floyd was, like truly sad, horrific, all of the protests and marches, like it's weird to think about that shit now because you don't really, on a you don't on a government scale, I don't see a change happening. But to your point is, I see a change happening in our community. I see so many more people either trying to buy black or start black businesses, and it went from having that push. From the protest to the quarantine giving us the time to do it. And then it's because, and like this, I was, I was at a fucking seminar and this dude said, the internet, the internet leveled the playing field because no one knows what color you are when they buy from you. So if you want to be a plow, a proud black businesses, you can post it on your site and people who want to support black businesses will come from you. You want to be a black man with a business selling to everyone, the fucking tiki torch carrying motherfuckers don't know that they buying their fucking camo pants from a black man and it's still on on a come up. Like I mean, but they've been getting us like that for years. Look at Yeah, that's I'll, what I'm saying. It's finally turned around. I'll give you the number one company that you look at and you like, "Oh, that's got to be all the way black. All the black people that wear that." Nike? No. Give you one even worse. Timberland. Oh yeah, that's just New York, and that shit was supposed to be owned by the Klan. Timberland is—it's not owned predominantly by the Klan, but they own a large stake in it. From what I've been able to find in the research that I've done throughout the years, because mm. people used to say that to me, and I'm like, the "Fucking Klan don't own no goddamn uh, Timberland." Everybody wear all black people <laughs> wear Timberland. Look at Timberland. Look at North Face. 
look at I won't say Polo because Polo is it actually came from a black dude. I found that out too in this mm. in this doc. Sort of Puma, series. if I'm not mistaken. But it is it yeah, that's one of the reasons. Nip, shout out to Nip, push that clothing line because they was doing the right thing. But it is so many major corporations that we give money to with having zero idea that one, these white people don't even like us, that own the companies, will outright tell you, I don't like you. Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, the dude made Chris Stahl. And we still spend hella money on these people. But we have to also come up with the idea that we as black people try to look out for other black people. So we own black, we own businesses. And we are trying to, what, make the best money possible, but at the same time preserve our community so our prices are usually cheaper. And when our prices are cheaper, for some reason, we as black people feel like, Don't oh, yeah. it's something wrong with that shit. Why that shit so cheap? I could buy the same thing over here and spend three times as much. This shit got to be better than yours because there's no reason why they would charge me so much. Fuck out of here. But in actuality, we are doing the we are trying to do them a service, but then they want us to discount it on top of that. Like we got to get out of that mindset as a people. Whereas, oh, or the flip side of the shit that makes no sense to me is that a Gucci belt, which is which they make thousands of, is three hundred dollars. This black this black designer makes another makes a black belt that's three hundred dollars, but let's say it's only ten of them joints, and it's like. Nah, it's too much for him, but I'm going to go spend this on a Gucci. I'm like, oh, so you just buying it for the fucking name, not for anything other than that shit. And it's like, oh, when black people... Then, then once that designer blows up and this shit go from being $300 to $1,000, and you say, you're not looking out for the community because who in the black community can afford that? But when this shit was affordable and it was doing it for the community, you didn't want to put the money up for it. Like, yeah, it's... It's a it's a horrible cycle that we're in. Cause it's it's wild because in thinking about it, it's only really like for the for the black man. I'm speaking for the black man because moms will sacrifice and wear Walmart clothes and be happy with it even before she's a mom. But for dads, it really doesn't click for us a lot of the times. Like we spending three or four hundred dollars on a pair of shoes, a pair of jeans. Nah, our outfits got to be like that. I'm saying for the majority. Nah, but and then it's not until we're a dad and we're like, yo, I gotta feed somebody else. I'ma just go ahead and get me this regular ass white t shirt or these this this dad polo from Walmart and rock this joint and figure out a way to make it look good because now you got another mouth to feed. For us as as young black males, it doesn't really click for us until you have to provide and I mean really like become a dad. I'm not saying have a kid. No, I hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is that I think that looking at women's clothing, like on a regular basis, on an average female female basis, one of the things I'm truly upset about as a black man is their clothes are cheaper. So if you're gonna compare, like if you're gonna pair a guy, a uh, young a young black man with the with the shoes, the pants, the shirt, and the watch and shit, you have to compare that to the women who spend in like $120 on a full set of nails. That's just their hands, not including the feet, yeah, the but eyelashes. If, but if you're one of those people that fall into that category, you're usually not that person that's gonna change once you have kids. I'm know. I'm talking about that level of transition from having a kid to becoming a parent. But we in our culture don't learn that until we become a parent and we don't 
necessarily have the extra funds just readily available. Like you would have to save for it. Well, I mean, our culture isn't our culture isn't taught to save. That is true. We're taught to <laughs> we're taught to spend. So is that in the show too? <laughs> yo. Alright, I gotta watch Hidden yo, Colors. This is a straight plug for this show, yo. But <laughs> I guess I so watch it talks this about like so when we used to earn money back in slavery times, like when we used to actually get money from something. It talks about the fact that to keep somebody from just coming and taking it from us because money doesn't have a name on it. So if you're a black man in a store and I see you got cash as a white man, if I wanted to rob you or take this money from you, you have no recourse because if you call the police, the police are naturally going to be on my side, as well as the fact that you can't prove that this money belonged to you. Okay. So they bought something materialistic. Ah, I got you. So instead of having cash, I went and bought a new pot or I went and bought food to put in the refrigerator or I went and spent, if I had a lot of money on a a car or a horse or some shit for the farm. But now it's still in our mindset. Oh, I got money. I don't trust to put it in the bank because the bank could just do the same shit because the bank is owned by the white man. And... I'm going to just put it under my mattress and then my house burns down. Mm. Or or they burn your house down too, sir. Too, sir. So now you're in that's the the 60s, the 50s. Then you jump up and their sons grew I don't trust banks. The bank's not going to give me a loan. The bank shouldn't really know how much money I got cuz they could come and try to take it or my house. And then Fast forward again to the 90s when there just wasn't a dad anymore. In the majority of black situations. And then mom is now, she don't have the ability to save. She's already inherited the thought process of, in a manly cycle, that you have to do what you got to do to figure out where you're going to keep money and, and safety and all of that. So you're even more ingrained to spend that money on shit. There was a, um, so I like to consider myself to be a feminist or some aspect of a feminist, but I have some, but I'm also like an equal opportunity person. Like if you fuck up, you deserve to be called out on your fuck up. And I, and I preface all of that with this statement is, I think the lack of fathers has to do more with mothers than with fathers. And more with trying to protect someone than destroy them. And let me explain all what I'm saying is. Let me hold on. Smoke break. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta get that off. So, how it worked on slavery is this, right? You would, you would hurt all of the men, all of the women, and all of the children... And anyone who was rowdy or puffed up their chest, you crush them hard in front of everyone. So now your mom who loves you, she'll see that fire in your eye and she'll snuff it out to save your life. Slavery ends. Yet now we have police brutality. The police out here shooting young men. So you know what happens? She sees that fire in your eye and she'll snuff it out. So, I mean, we still got police brutality today, but it's not, it's more public. Now what's happening is 
there's so much re now all of this snuffing of the fire in men has changed the power dynamic because women it was safer for women to speak out because they were women than it was for men to speak out so it changed the power dynamic and then this this men started to resent women for the change in the power dynamic and that ability. And then women started presenting men, this is in the black community, for not coming out and protecting them and being them for there. So then when a lot of mothers have sons that keep them, take that fire out to keep them safe so they'll grow up. And then when that young man, and at some random age, you decide that that child becomes a man and he doesn't act in your perception of a man because he was never taught what a man was and the fire that would make him a man was snuffed out. He then becomes an ancient person. And a lot of times it's like, oh, some woman messed this man up. That's the reason he don't treat women right. No, mothers can will destroy men. There is no woman in your life who could say something to you that would destroy you more than your mom. And I was working at the snack shop years ago and this mom had her son and she told him I should have had a daughter. Damn. And I'm like, he, you say that to him and he's seven and you think there's nothing going to come to it, but that's going to be buried in his psyche. And he's always going to have a problem with any woman who says something... Who, 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 for any reason. So now she's already breeding the seed to turn him into an ancient dude. So I think that the lack of fathers became, it has a lot to do with that. One, the prison system, obviously, was set up to take fathers out the house. Because once fathers out the house, I was about to go there. Yeah, shit cool. crumbles. But I also think that even when they aren't in prison, a system has been put in place. To even stop most of us from being successful. And I think that that's it's the, still the same use of the mother to destroy the son. I mean, but if you look at it in the sense of the black woman as a whole, the idea behind the setup in the in the seventies and the eighties during the during the epidemics and the and the war was basically the woman is the head of the household. And then they came back home. To find that either you either had PTSD and you couldn't function and you went crazy. Mm -hmm. Or you became a crackhead in that time. And you wasn't at home. And if you was home, you were stealing or doing some fucked up shit. So the woman has become the head of the household. She has become the person with all the say-so. And don't get me wrong. In my feminist mindset, I say it's nothing wrong with that. But... In saying that there's nothing wrong with that, you still have to understand that as a woman that does not necessarily grant you the thought process of you can raise a man and do everything in the patriarchal capacity. Just simply because you don't know what the male struggle is. Like I say, <laughs> I say to my significant others all the time, three, three, three. And I take that from a movie, The Platform, that I've just kind of looked at and seen the struggle of the black man. I don't know if you've seen 333. I mean, Platform. Mm -mm. Um, I think it's a movie in French, but you can find an English translation of it on Netflix. And it basically goes, it's a randomized jail system 
you have no idea of what the reward system is or the punishment system is in the beginning that basically states which level of prison you're on. The difference in the level of the prison is only this platform comes down every day with food on it. And as you watch the movie, you find, sorry to spoil the movie, but got to get my point to, got to spoil it to get my point. You'll find that on the very first level, they are producing gourmet food, like five-star level food. They fill this entire platform up with five-star level food. It's probably a five by eight foot platform full of luxurious food. But as the food goes down the levels, you only get a minute or so to eat. You can't keep anything. You can only eat what is there, when it's there, and it goes down. But every 30 days, you are reassigned a new level. Whether you raise up or go down, it's all considered to be randomized. The whole movie is trying to figure out how many levels it is. I know this is a long story. Come to find out, it's 334 levels to this this prison system. Level, by the time the food hits, and which is thought to be level 333, there's no food. There's not even a tray on the platform. And that person down there is automatically going to starve every time because there's nothing but a plate. There's no scraps. There's nothing to survive on. So unless you can figure out how to change your behavior to manipulate, you're only going to stay right there, which I feel like is where they keep the black man in society. Like... You're here, you're part of the group, but I'm not going to give you nothing and you got to figure out how to do better. Yeah. But then at the movie, at the end of the movie, come to find out there's 334 levels. 334 is the level to use to get out. Mm. So as a black man, if you didn't try to figure out the system the way everybody else figures out the system and figure out how to get higher up so you can get close to the top... So you can get more food and more of what everybody else thinks they should get. If you just said, fuck it, let me go down and see where this platform takes me. You'd be free. You would be free one level. You were one step away from being free and being able to run your own mindset and be able to do what you want to do. But you were so concerned on trying to do everything else that everybody else was doing and ride the wave that you were blindsided by your own greatness and your own potential of possibility. Nah, that's, that's, that shit is, that shit touches on so many levels. Cause going like going full circle, just right back to like hidden colors and words. First thing that pops into my mind was the praise of European art and sculpture and all that shit. You know how much black shit there is in Europe, nigga? Nah, but that's not where I'm going though. Follow me, follow me. That is them changing that is them changing the flow of a river the the standard of beauty in every country in the entire fucking world is whatever that race is but more european think about how they had to do that they had to change everybody's mind to think to go to the first floor to get more food to look more european when like you said, if like, and then the 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 the, the fucking stupid cycle it is. We want to look like them, but they want to look like us. So we end up wanting to look like ourselves, but slightly different. Yeah, and it's like they change the flow of everything. Because if you think about it, 
the thought process process behind that is what everybody says. I want to look more exotic. But we are the exotic, exotic, nigga. Yeah. We are the exotic. We are the standard for everybody. Melanin is something that has been sought after for centuries. Since the beginning of time. Well, not the beginning of time because melanin was the dominant (laughs) and the only color. But we're not going to go there. But that's a topic for a whole nother show on the Great Divide. But... Uh, oh, that was a that's uh, that's I was speaking on like melanin, right? Which was interesting as shit because I was watching this pod, I was watching this YouTube video on how to make fucking wine, right? And you're wondering like, what is my what is wine and melanin have to do with each other? Did you Everything know? Got melanin. No, but did you know that you can make that you use white grapes to make white wine? You use red grapes to make red wine. The color comes from the skin of the grape, not the actual meat of the grape. But red Grapes are the only grapes that you can make either red or white wine from it. To make white wine from a red grape, you just don't add the skin. And it's like, white, no mixture of lighter people will make a darker person. No. But that is the fear of the brotherhood, that they're going to be annihilated. Yeah. Because if you mix white with anything else... It changes forever. It's not going to ever go back to white. white. <laughs> you cannot change that shit back. Like, the one-drop rule is so deep because, like, just in paint alone, one fucking toothpick tip of blue will change that forever. And no matter how much white you add to it, it will never get back. be blue. Yo, that shit is crazy. Like, but it's... It's something that we don't think about. Again, myself included until I saw this. Like, the annihilation of the white species. And again, it's not to talk shit about white people. Like, I I, I hate to sound like a person, but I got white friends. I, it's nothing against white people. It's just the thought process behind. I don't understand the issue of us either... Getting along and living as one is one people because black people, I mean, to be real honest, if you think about it, like the only issue we got with white people is that they got an issue with us. We don't have the same issue with Indians. We don't have the same issue with Hispanics. Like, yeah, they might not fuck with us sometimes, but you leave me the fuck alone, I'm going to leave you the fuck alone. It's only the white black problem. But if you think about it, black is going to take them back to the original set of roots within two generations. Yeah. You mix a black person with a Hispanic person, that person is still going to fucking be brown. Mm-hmm. Indian, it's still going to be brown. Native American, it's still going to be brown. Middle Eastern, it's still going to be brown. You mix that black and that white, and it's going to go brown and keep getting darker. There was a, um, I don't know if you know her, uh, she had a video about it. And it also, once I was, when I started taking fucking chemistry classes, um, no, genetics, that's what it is. Like, white people, people from the Caucasus Mountains, have an expiration date. There's there's a point where they're just going to be expired. If we, if everyone keeps intermingling, the interracial becomes a thing, we're all going to become like around the general same color. 
Because um, so and she was talking Jane Elliott. That's what she, that's her name. She was talking about the the push to make abortion illegal. And the idea of that is, first of all, there's more white women getting abortions than there are black women. It's just it's just it's just a supreme number. Now. Also, in the world that we live in, there's more inter more interracial relationships. Whether it's a it's a white person with any other race, boom, it's going to change. Whether it's male or female, male or bright. Mm. So what they do is now the point of trying to make abortion illegal is how many pure white babies are you saving to keep your population strong? That's some crazy shit, right? Yeah. That is a forced, controlled population growth. And if you can keep that going, then you are pushing your expiration date. Yeah. That is true. And it was like, I don't know, I had to... It's not To me, it wasn't... It, to me, I had to sit back and say... When I was younger, and motherfuckers used to be talking about these crazy ass conspiracies and shit like that. I was like, "This motherfucker crazy. Ain't no, ain't nobody out here pulling shit like that." Yo, the and smartest then I, person you could talk to is Wano in front of the liquor store. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Yo, because it was like you'll say some shit and it don't make no sense until you see it fucking unravel. But it's because, and think about it, for us as black men, we are taught our whole life reading books or getting knowledge. Is white is stupid. Like, what are you doing that shit for? Yeah. But when you go to jail, niggas read books. All you got to fucking do is read a book and learn some shit and get smarter. So you're reading all of this information and you're gaining all of this knowledge to then you do a 10-year stint, you come home. Nobody hired wants to hire a person that's a felon or got some kind of extensive ass record. So you can't get a job. And then you still as that same black man, you get put out of your house with your woman that took you back in after them 10 years because you can't get a job. You've developed some kind of addictive personality, whether you're addicted to some level of drugs or alcohol. And then you become homeless because homeless male shelters are few and far in between. And most shelters will not take you as a family with the male involved. Yep. And then it's hard to get food stamps if you're a male. So now, at this point, you are homeless with an addiction, with a wealth of knowledge, and then you are put back basically into solitary confinement on the outside. So you go crazy. Yeah. Or your addiction takes over, and you sound like a quote-unquote crazy person. That was the that's the craziest part. That's like the serious part is looking at America, America's prison system versus other countries' prison systems. Like, because I just saw a video on Sweden's um, uh, prison system. American system, prison system is not made to rehabilitate, because even the people who do come out rehabilitate. Like you've had lawyers come out of prison, but they had to fight for that. They weren't. They weren't pushed or like put in situations like to help become lawyers and given books and stuff like this. Like, no, you're an animal. You're trying to learn to read, learn on your own time while being treated like an animal. But, and the turnaround rate is a revolving door in American prisons. But in Sweden, Sweden prisons, where they treat them as humans, they get like all of these luxuries, as people like to call them. But they're not luxuries. They're just treated as human beings. 
just in captivity, they are, you know, given time, they're given books, they're given classes. And as long as you act like a human being, you get treated as such. And they, I think, like, they're in two years of this prison system, if I'm not, I think the time right is right, their turnaround rate dropped by 13%. So that's just people who did not, no repeat offenders, not going to jail for anything. They were truly rehabilitated. And it's like, it's not that difficult to do. Like, there's people, it, there's people who do it on their own. Imagine if the prison system was built that way. There's no money in that. Yeah, basically, if, you, if you're in jail, you're a fucking slave. That's the only way they can keep slavery alive is by putting people in their jail. So... In closing for this episode, because I feel like we've we've kind of pushed out or flushed out the point in the beginning. Oh, uh, I still feel. You know what? I still feel. I still feel some type of way about that fucking Cleopatra sculpture they did, bro. So that's in there too. <laughs> yo, I still feel some type of way about that Cleopatra trait, yo. So they talked about how. Did you know that white white archaeologists? I can't think of what year it was, but there was a big ass scandal that when they used to go and clean up the Egyptian temples and like clean them and make sure the paint still looked good and all that, they used to lighten, they used to put a chemical on the paint to lighten the paint color. Makes sense. Makes 100% sense. You can't tell me the oldest found human remains on this earth was a black man in Africa. And then you have to... Then here's the thing, right? Here's the part that motherfuckers miss. American society was built on... Was built to to be example of British society. British society was built as an example through the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was built off the Greek Empire. The Greek Empire learned everything they fucking learned from the Egyptian Empire. Which means the source of our world today with the pyramids and shit like this. And the greatest uh, shit of the world came from Egypt. And you have to... You tell a motherfucker Egypt is in Africa. That look at you and go, oh yeah. Yep. Because they've done everything in their power to say Egypt is not a part of Africa. Yep. So the source of America can't be fucking Africa. Yep. So they have to lighten it. They have to hide the noses. They have to say, yeah, we learned everything from Egypt, but Egypt, Egyptians are not African. And then they believe that shit. Yup. Is they do so much shit to try to hide. Not no, hide I mean Egyptians. Yeah. E- even Egyptians believe that shit. And y'all fucking part of the continent. <laughs> like they have to because if, if Egyptians would know we're African, it, everything would crumble. Tourist destinations would go away. Yo. Yo, did you know that we created the number system that we use today? No. There's so much shit. I was telling my mom about George Washington Carver, right? Because here's some real shit that I learned. That Okay, I learned that George Washington Carver gave Henry Ford the idea for the assembly line, right? Which is some interesting, some interesting news, right? Some serious shit is people thought George Washington Carver was gay. The reason they thought he was gay it's because he had a high squeaky voice. He had a very feminine voice. The reason he had a high feminine voice is the white family that took him in had him castrated. Because they didn't want him to have any relation with their daughter. He let people believe he was gay. Because he would rather let you think that he was gay than know that he was castrated. 
<laughs> that is some craziness. Taught to not to love ourselves, yo. By any means mm. necessary, how who you are. You got to put your best foot forward. You got to show your best self. And your best self is the self that is socially acceptable or what I like to say, comfortable for the white mass. Here's a, here's, a, here's a new thought. I know you was trying to close out, but like I have so much. My conspiracy, my conspiracy theory level got so fucking high. The... The myth, right? The myth, right? The one myth every black man is happy to know. Black man's have black men have bigger dicks, right? When I was growing up, that shit was a plus because I was a black man. Yeah, everybody know black men got bigger dicks, right? But as you start to settle into that shit, you start to think to yourself this. If I don't have a big dick, am I not black? She's expecting me to have a big dick, so I gotta be my dick isn't big, then I have to be ashamed of the fact that I have an average sized dick because black people Black men are supposed to have big dicks. So you that's an, that's an ingrained, that's something that looks like a bonus that is ingraining you to not love yourself because you don't meet this standard that you're supposed to meet. I was with you until you went there. I can't help you with that. I don't got to No, but dick. just just really think about <laughs> on average, the average, well, because it's China, but the average size of a male penis is five inches. In, uh, a big dick is, for, is like nine or more, right? So that means... That if you fall into the six to seven range, which is above average, in the mind of for a black man, that is still a small dick. Because you're supposed to have a BBC. Mm, I mean, I get your point. I get your point, and again, I can't agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm just saying. Um... Think about, but the, I mean, people who have normal who have like the five inches. People, I mean, I feel like, no, well, no, what no, about no, I know. I'm not with a micro dick. I completely though. understand where you're coming from. But it's just the mindset to think of, like, I, I never I never put myself in that situation, but I, I, I get where you're coming from in that. It's like black women who are supposed to have asses. Yeah, the white girl booty is is the is the thought process behind it, but... Because uh, we was in, me and Kai was in Costa Rica, right? And she was walk, she was looking at uh, all these bad biddies who were walking around and was really astonished by how curvy black women are. And it had me realize this one fact right here, right? Black women are naturally curvy. They're naturally voluptuous. So the standard to be the baddest black girl is you have to exaggerate your curves. But any other race can have the basic level of curviness any black woman is born with. And they stand out. Kim Kardashian's ass is nothing compared to Serena Williams. It ain't even real. But no, I get your point. But it's still like... I completely get your point. In the black girl room, her booty is small. But outside of the black girl room, she got a banging body. But you got to have something ridiculous. Even in most other cultures, to have a, a, a large ass is one of them things. It's just like, oh, no. Like, I do. Like, my ass looks fat. Like, why? It's only for black women. That for every culture they accept and they say, oh, she got a big ass. And it's a, it's a, plot, a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Every other culture, it is looked at as, oh my God, like I'm getting fat. But that is one thing we bring from Africa, which is size is wealth. Mm, this is true. Yep. They were, uh, or that um, having having your entire family on your front lawn is a sign of wealth. 
But how much of us do? How many of us black people just stay in house, stay in the house? Like there's so many, like to have your bloodline grow and extend is a is is a different type of wealth. It's like you you are lasting, and but that's like that's an that's a back home as I call it, like African wealth. In America, you know, if you're a bunch of kids on the porch, you ghetto, you ratchet, keep that shit in the house. Nobody wants to see that. But that's us falling once again to that European standard. That's crazy. Yo, I think this has been a first, a, a great first episode. Yeah, I would call this shit flipping the script. And that's what the fuck they did, bro. They flipped the script on us. Yo, thank y'all for listening. We're going to come back again with some more good content for you guys. Leave some comments. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, boy. Smoke break. Yeah, what up with y'all, okay? So, this is my first lit uh, podcast because I was thinking about this and I feel like we just need to get this out there to start the conversation is I feel like black people set their definition of wealth by white people's standards and we're always trying to chase that standard. That kind of goes back to like the um, the house with two kids, white picket fence shit. Like, that's not... I don't think that's truly our sense of wealth. And or maybe we need to pick a different defi- a different definition of wealth that aligns with more of who we are as a people, because trying to follow white people don't really do us nothing good. I okay, I hear you. So I do agree with that, but trying to picture, and I guess that kind of goes along with what you're saying, trying to picture what wealth is even at 31 like it's still to me it's still an ambiguous term because prior to 26 my mindset and what my father always taught me was as a black man you ain't shit if you ain't got a dollar in your pocket so I always worked my ass off two and three jobs working 16, 17 hour days and never being home with my family. Mm. But I always had money. So in my mind, I was wealthy. I wasn't rich, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't wealthy. I had a family at home, but I had money because I was working. I had a career. I had something attached to my name to say, James Thompson, oh, he's doing this. Okay. But after 26, I got sick. I got diagnosed with Crohn's. And my mindset was, yo, you could die tomorrow. And this job's not going to give two shits about you. Your name going to be replaced in like six months, bro. Are you really like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And then my mindset of what wealthy meant changed because I started being able to spend more time with the kids. I started being able to pay more attention to my wife. I started being able to pay more attention to my hobbies and what I was interested in. Yeah. And now at 31, I reevaluate and I'm like, bro, like, that's still not right. Like, that's still not right. Like, you don't care about money, even though you still have money. You don't care about it no more. And your family is what's important. But. Is that all that there is? Yeah. 
I was thinking about this, and it's a, it's a what? It, I forget which. It's an innovative thought, but also uh, a thought that takes us back to our roots, and that's like the thought of the tribe, right? And I mean, like the the tribe is in. It's a song by Jadena that I keep listening to. It's in the name of my both my businesses, and it was. It always said like it takes a tribe to real, to raise a child, but like we don't have that either. That either way. And what I was thinking about myself is, what I was thinking to myself is this, right? I think building a tribe should be the new definition of wealth. Because when rich people get rich, they surround themselves by other rich people to help them stay rich, right? I feel that people, poor people, middle people in poverty, middle class people, so surround ourselves like, all right, let me give you the example instead of talking on it. There's seven of us. There's seven families, right? Just me and my wife, you and your wife, so forth and on, so forth and on, so forth and on. 14 people, right? And for the sake of the example, uh, we all live in different apartments, right? With different bills, different plans for the future, different this, that, and the third, right? And what we do is we put all of our bills and shit together and all of our all the money that we make together and we grow that pile while paying off. So what so my pay period, I get paid on the 15th. Well, your light bill's due on the 16th. I got your light bill because I know when my rent's due on the at the 31st and you get paid on the 27th, you got me. And then many, you know, many hands make light work. And then as as uh, you know, oh, uh uh, what is it? Peter and his wife are trying to go to Jamaica for their anniversary. Well, Sarah and Tom got some freaking flower miles that we helped because we put them on a plane to go such and such. So they helped them out while we helping them out. And it's not a... And the thing about it is, tr- you, you have to build the trust. You have to build the understanding and the fairness. I was going to wait for you to finish through. That's my that's where my whole base is about to go to. Yeah, it, I mean... I feel like between me and you, me and you could do that, right? Because we've known each other for so long, and there's a trust to be here. And the people you would want to add to this tribe would have to it'd be very dangerous. But I think that if we built, if we truly built a sense of community, that tribe, like I said, it goes right. Like I was saying, like I don't need one business to be successful. I just need six businesses to be mildly successful. So if there's seven people in but this we group. Don't, we don't view success in the correct way either. And that's where that issue comes into play. Sorry to cut you off. No. But you hit two points that I don't want to miss out on. Okay, go ahead. So one being what you just said about uh, uh, moderate success. We view success on, for the most part, a grandiose... Scale. Yeah, basically. Like everything has to be, people know my name, people know who I am, I'm some level of fame, especially right now in the age of technology, some level of fame, some level of recognition from the world. Yes. We don't view success as, I'm in the black, I'm not in the red, especially when it comes to business. Absolutely. It's not. It's always a competition, and that's a whole nother topic as as black people. But we always view everything as this rat race, so we're always comparing ourselves to the next man. Whereas everybody else, 
is comparing themselves to a person that they aspire to be like when they grow up. Mm-hmm. You look at a, a Hispanic person, most of the time they're aspiring to be better than their dad. You look at a Middle Eastern person, I want to be better than my dad. I want to be like my dad. You look at a white person, oh, I'm going to be like my dad. I'm going to be better than my dad. We in black society, especially lower class. You want to be better than your neighbor. You don't have that debt. So who do you want to be like? I want to be like the top person in the field of what I'm doing. I want to be like LeBron James. Not realizing that your standard of life or your path to greatness has nothing to do in comparison with what the fuck he went through to get where he was. Mm. He's coming from a completely different environment. He's going through a different level of struggle if there was a struggle. His circumstance across the board was different. I'll give you an example. People look at Michael Jordan and they talk about Michael Jordan all the time. And they talk about, oh, Michael Jordan's the best ever. He's the GOAT. He fucking did this for us. I'm going to be like Michael Jordan or LeBron James when I grow up. Not realizing that Mike was some shit when he was a fucking kid. He was garbage. But he had the people in his life to be able to push him to do better and become better. Mm. But if you take the same kid at 13, it was some shit. And he didn't have the coach that wanted to pay attention to him. He didn't have the dad that went out shooting with him. He didn't have the support system and the love of his mom to keep him pushing every day to make sure he was warm and could get back and forth to the basketball court or whatever needed to be done for him to grow into that success. But that same 13-year-old kid is sitting looking down on himself saying, I'm shit. I suck. I got to do it by myself. I got to get better. But I'm going to be like Mike. So they're practicing and learning what he does now. And not going through the steps that he went through when he was a kid. And then if that same child is not successful, he is crushed. Not realizing that you didn't walk a mile in that person's shoes. But if you compared yourself to Ricky from across the street, that's a 17-year-old kid that's doing pretty well in basketball. He's on varsity. He's got scouts looking at him for college. You're not looking at that kid that you could say, I could do exactly what he did. Let me go talk to him to find out what he did. We don't do that. So it's, oh, I know Jimmy over there. I know him across the street. I got to do better than him because he's he gonna, he he pretty good, but I got to make it out too. So I'm going to just do my own thing and be like Mike. I'm not going to want to be like him. I'm going to hate on him because I got to be better than him. Mm. Even though we could both make it. You 17, I'm 13. We could link up. I can help you do what you need to do, and we could practice together. We don't have that sense of camaraderie. It's the sense of competition. Yeah. Also, we don't... We don't have enough experience to know that there's more than one way to get there. Like, (laughs) people will hate me for this shit, right? And you might hate me for it, too. I believe uh, the, the business degree is a con. It is. 
I got a business degree. Got two of them. It is yeah. a con. Yeah, that's what I said. You may hate, but like I feel like it, it's a con because it's not. It's not a trade. It's not a trade. It's who you know. And one thing that happens very often in blacks, in especially black society in like the cities, trade schools are shitted on. But trade schools are shit on the black community. Once again, conspiracy theory is because the richest and most financially stable we have ever been as a black people, we were tradesmen. Because you can hate his black skin all you want, but a master mechanic is still a master mechanic. You can't change that. You still need a master mechanic. You can try to find a white master mechanic, cool, but a black, but he's a master mechanic, a master plumber, a master electrician. This is these aren't things that they can take from you. This isn't this isn't these aren't things that are based upon who you know or what. Or it's more about what you know. So I feel like. The fact that you become a, you can become a million dollar dentist, but being a dentist isn't an option growing up. It doesn't explain to you that that's an option. Yeah. Like the the thought of because that costs a lot of money to go to school for. True. So unless you made it, or your people's got money, you're not going to school. Nah, because people go to medical school all the time. But, but, okay, but better yet, you want to tell you, here's another way to go, though. Being a dental assistant. I'm not, I'm no, not, no, I'm not you. against you. I'm just saying. No, but uh, follow me, right? Here's the thing, right? You don't have the money, you, you don't have the money to, become, to become a dentist, but you become a dental assistant. And if you've ever been to a dentist, your dental assistant is kind of like your fucking nurse that you see you more and all. And then you can make money from there to be go to one step up. Like, I figure it's some type of nurse, a nurse practitioner. We don't function on the level the systems level we don't function on hierarchies we function on getting to the tippy tippy top the top and that's what i'm saying that's why i go back to changing our thought process on wealth because as a nurse practitioner that is that's the height that's the height you you can get to a nurse practitioner and almost nobody can stand in your way that's all you that's not a that's very that's that's not much of a financial blockade. That's not much of a white versus black part part uh blockade because you want your, they always want the white guy to be the doctor, right? Just for the sake of this discussion. So you can get there and once you're there becoming that doctor or becoming the dentist or whatever, it's just it's a very smaller step. It takes longer. It may, it may does, but it's less blockades and on your way traveling up through all that bullshit, there's so many people who became a doctor and was like, I went to school, wasted the shit and I don't want to be a doctor. And I'm like, well, if, those are the people where their parents have told them their whole life, you're going to grow up to be a doctor. doctor. You're going to grow up to be someone successful. You'll grow up to be a lawyer. You're going to grow up to learn something. You're going to learn something and grow up and put great use to it. When you're black, you're going to live. You're yeah. not going to become a statistic. My mom used to say that shit to me my whole life. You are not going to become a statistic. I used it to... has nothing to do with me being able to grow and become wealthy and get great numbers. It's becoming a statistic for us. So we are just so concerned on let me get out and let me be the best that I can be. And it's automatically going to aspire to push me to the top because I can be anything I want to be 
because that's what the outside world is telling kids and that's what you see but they're not fucking talking to you yeah so you grow up you come out and your thought process of wealth is based on the idea of systemic wealth which is also in turn with generational wealth and we're not realizing that fucking Sally over there that's doing the same shit you're doing started out with backing from generational wealth. Yeah. Not even just monetary, but color in the same thought process. And you're trying to figure out why you're still stagnant. But you're not really stagnant. You're moving a little bit. But every promotion you get, other black people are telling you, man, you don't need that shit. Fuck them people. Fuck that job. They don't care about you. So you're not putting your all into it. You at some point just go to work. And then you stop trying to get uh, raise that ladder to get to that best that you can be, that CEO point. And you're like, oh, all right, well, I'm making a, I'm making six figures. Because for most black people, the thought process is six, six figures crazy. is what you're looking for in your best job. And then you can stop trying to push. Not realizing that your boss's boss make eight figures, nine figures is his boss. So if you push and you keep pushing, you're going to get it. Our ceilings are different. I feel also that one thing we have to do as just with wealth, right? We have to realize it has to start somewhere. Like... Like, okay, prime example. Oh, this is a prime example. It's going to be a shame to admit, right? I'm working right now to get a one, to, to learn how to do a one-arm push-up, right? So last week, I got down and did some push-ups. Bro, you're not going to, I stopped at five. Oh, you're getting old, bro. So, <laughs> you're getting old. Last Saturday, last Sunday, I did five push-ups. I told myself. All right, I need to get to be able to do 40 push-ups without stopping before I can do the next progression to get to the one-arm push-up. I said from last Sunday, I want to get to this Sunday and be able to do 10 push-ups with, with only pausing once. This morning, I got down. I did 11 push-ups without stopping. Oh, my man. Good shit. And You're still old, nigga. <laughs> all right, let me be old. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is like, if... Like, I was telling somebody, I was telling my grandma yesterday, like, when I pass, if I pass, when I die, I want to have 10 acres so I can leave it to whoever I got left behind, right? If I only have a quarter of an acre, I, I'm still ahead because it's got to start somewhere. I will instill into whoever I'm leaving this acre to, our goal was always 10. So if you get another quarter, we're one step there. And it is... People would like, if I'm not leaving them a hundred million dollars, I can't leave them anything. But I'm like, if you leave your kids five grand, that's five grand they didn't have off in the beginning. And if you instill upon them that you left five, so maybe they might want, so if they leave, they pass off and it's only six, it's still six more than that on. So it's like, it has to start somewhere. So every level of the thought process of wealth is... We have to change in our mind, like the fact that you have to be worth ten million, not the tribe has ten million together. 
We don't operate that way. We don't only race. That's why that we have to operate. change that shit, bro. We don't operate on 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 the collective. I, we don't operate that way no more. We used to back in the sixties and seventies when slavery just ended. We were we worked together to build towns up and put kept our money cycling. That's why. That's why. I, the government has done everything it can. To stop us from being a unit. Because, like I said, if, it, if seven of us got together, James, seven of us, and we got up to 100K, saved in a bank, we tell other people about how we doing. It's like, no, don't join ours. Start your own. We'll show you how to start your own. And then you get six peop- six other tribes going, they all got 100 crowd. That's $160,000 being controlled by a group of black people. Yeah, but you're talking about two things that we don't do. Savings and trust another nigga to talk about our money. Yep, and we have to break that shit, bro. Yeah. It has to start but, somewhere. But look at look at where we are today. Like, I'll give you a prime example. We talked about, as a group, me, you, a couple other people talked about doing uh, internal, uh, the Susu thing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about putting a couple hundred dollars every month. Into this susu and doing a recycling thing. And it's just this group and it just keeps going and keeps moving. Full disclosure, I fully don't understand how that works, but continue. So, I'm, that's part of what I'm about to explain. <laughs> so, I told everybody, yo, if you got questions, let me know. We can talk about it. And we're going to have a meeting and put it together. Immediate first responses from half the group was... Man, I ain't got no money. I ain't, I ain't got no money to be putting into this. You know, I got a pinch of pennies as it is. As in, somebody is trying to sell you into something that you're just giving money to and not going to get anything from. Two, the other half of the group was, I don't really know how it worked. I done heard some shit about it, you know, from some people. I don't really know. But we could talk and see what happens. Which... For most black people, that mm, means, no. nah, I ain't really with the shits, but I don't want to tell you no, but I'm going to listen to you, see what you got anyway. But it sounds like some shit. Mm. Because we as people are continuously skeptical, even of the financially responsible people that we know. Yeah. Like, if I know two millionaires, and one of them black and one of them white, as black society is usually going to turn to that white millionaire before that black millionaire, even though that black millionaire is going to be more likely to help your ass out. But you feel like, nah, that nigga had to do some shit to sell out to get this million dollars. Or he did, he probably did some shady shit to get this million. And you just automatically feel like this white man worked for this shit when more than likely he did, he did this shady shit. His dad gave him that fucking money or he did some fucked up shit and got this money somehow. But we don't live to trust our own kind. Mm. We don't live to trust our own people, especially when it comes to financial shit. Because there's no way that this nigga that I know, that I know, we probably grew up the same way, is doing better than me without doing some weird shit. Because I'm working my ass off and I'm still not getting nowhere. So I know this nigga had to do some shady shit. Yeah. So we don't listen to other black people talk about money. But... Even in a person that you trust, your mindset should automatically be, uh, they thought well enough for me to bring that shit up. 
and it's something that works for them, why not? Because I heard some shit from somebody else who's probably in the same position that you are. Nah. Yeah, it's it's very like I on a smaller scale, like think about the fact that <laughs> this shit happens to me all the time. That's why I know a lot of people can relate. You're looking at some shit on Amazon and go to reviews and it's like 357 people with five stars, but it's like two people who put a one star on there and those two one stars got you doubting. So yeah, like that one star review will be like, mm, I don't know if I want to get it. I don't know if I want to buy it because I could be that next one star review who has some negative stuff. So I get what you're saying. And I think it had to get that smoke breaking. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's still a rewiring. And I get it. Like, like I like me and my wife, you know, right? like. Two, maybe two and a half years ago, we filed bankruptcy. And, like, in the last eight months, we didn't see the benefits of that shit, right? So, now that I'm only paying student loans while they don't hold because of COVID, and I'm paying my car note, I am not buried under an incredible amount of credit card debt and other types of debts. I'm like, fuck it. I got $100. I'm normally spending shit on bullshit. What can I put this in to do some actual good? And I think one, here's one thing that I learned. I'm te- I'm, I'm pr- speaking on all everything that you just said. I got friends. They are in debt with um, old apartments, credit cards, shit like that. File chapter seven. I'm telling you, I did it. I put up the money. Lady did my paperwork. I went to court. Said, yeah, this is my paperwork. Yeah, I want to keep my car. Yeah, this is my finances. She said, cool. All my bills was put on hold for four months. They came back and said, your shit is squashed. White people do this shit all the fucking time. Yeah, but, but this, we as black people, people look at bankruptcy in a bad way. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, but I'm sitting, but like, well, to your point though, I'm sitting here. You've known me for five plus years. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't be able to go to Costa Rica if it wasn't for filing bankruptcy. I t- I'm telling you that shit. I'm telling you that my life has increased and I'm not in enough debt. But like you said, well, you know, I heard about some stuff and I don't know who this lady is and I don't know about going to court. And I think I can get it out on my own. But I'm telling you right now how to, even if they deny you, I'm giving you four to five months of no debt. Yeah. But still not listening. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. And it's like, it's it, it goes back like something we motherfuckers gotta get back to being risky. You gotta take a chance. And at the same time, when you taking the chance, motherfuckers gotta own up to it. Like, yeah, you a scammer, bruh. But you shouldn't be scamming black people. Like, no one we shouldn't be fucking over our own. Like, I'm sorry. You gonna have criminals, you gonna have bad people, cool, no bad people will exist. Stop fucking over your own. That's just, that's where, that's how I feel we need to be. You gonna fuck up some shit? You're not gonna shit, you're not gonna shit on the floor in your own house? You shouldn't shit on the ground in your own neighborhood. Take that shit up there to the fucking, over there by the Bloomingdale's where they know somebody gonna clean that shit up. But you know if you do that shit outside, that shit gonna sit there, motherfuckers gonna look like, ugh, look how crappy our place is. There's shit right here. Like, we, it's pride in who we are 
and where we came from. But that's where our wealth that's where our wealth lies and that's what is kept away from us. Yeah. That's where our wealth is. Our wealth is in the knowledge of where we came from and what we really are. But that's why, again, to go back to the first podcast we did, it's we are taught to hate where we came from. Yeah. I remember seeing the fucking African babies with the flies in it and the huts and picking through garbage. Nigga, I and ain't I'm even like, gonna lie to you, bro. I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, you know my my girl is African. Like, my mindset has always been for Africa is dirt roads and everybody lives in some kind of hut. Whether it's a nice hut or not, it's still a, a two-level hut. hut. It's still a motherfucking hut. And, it's not that and over the last two years, and again, I'm 31, and I feel like a dumbass person for even saying this shit out loud, but it was not until last year. Where I realized, like, it's certain parts of Africa that look like that. But for the most part, it's cities. Beautiful cities. Like, they look better than half of the shit that we fucking live in. Yep. That's what what I'm saying. Like, media is so fucking powerful, bruh. It is so powerful. But that's why why white America owns 90-some-odd percent of the media base in the world. Like, think about how many people get their information from BBC. <laughs> yep. British Broadcasting Company. <laughs> That's why, like, when we was in that car ride going to West Virginia, I said, fuck a black school. We need black people making the textbooks. Because you But have... even if you got a white person teaching it to you, bro, like, I mean, we kind of getting off topic, but it doesn't no, really no, matter. But I feel it, like it's good information. Yeah, but it all goes back, like I said, to build the wealth, we need to change our thought process. We need to change our thought process. We need to have pride in who we are, where we came from, to trust each other, and to want to build something with each other. And to build that, to build that pride, it goes back to education because we are taught not to have pride in ourselves. We're, and if you go back to education, it's the lack of education that is there in the first place. It talk, it, it, It's information out there that talks about and it will show you that middle class white women are the cornerstone of education. Yep. And if somebody else is teaching you your information, even in... The textbook being a Afrocentric textbook, you're still missing a great portion of the information. Mm-hmm. Like it's like once you're an adult and you're able to go to college and take African studies, are you going to take African studies from that white teacher, or are you going to take African studies from that black teacher? Like it. It matters who you get information from. It's not just the information that you're getting. It's the subcontext that's behind it. It's the explanation that is behind it. It is the emphasis they put on to certain aspects of the information given to you that can change your whole perspective as to the information that is being fed to you. Now, full circle, right? Connect that shit back to wealth, right? Hold on, hold on. I'm not finished. No, go ahead. So... If you look at that connection is how information is delivered to you and we is in, in 
middle class and poor black society look to the church for the most part oh. as I'm about to give it to you. <laughs> for the most part, look at look at that as your foundation and your base because the place you want to be closest to is to God first. Mm-hmm. Did you know that during slavery times, one of the promotions was into being a pastor? Hmm? Yes. Not only were you able to be promoted into an overseer or somebody that worked closer to the house or did something in the house or being a steed, uh, or it, it was also pushed to be able to push you into the pulpit. Because if you can talk to them niggas and tell them what I said over here better than what I can talk to them because they're going to listen to you because you one of them. Damn, that's deep. So now you look at it as they've been brainwashed for centuries because most of the time as a black preacher, your daddy was a preacher or your grandfather was a preacher. So you preaching off of what the information that he instilled in you. But all of that is still a way to control you. That is a way for them to keep wealth because they are putting the fear of God into you to keep you from acting like a savage person that they treat you as. So your wealth is wrapped up now in the concept of God, the concept of this shit here sucks today and I'll endure it because once I get to heaven, God is going to bless me. But they operate on the mindset of, and everybody else operates on the mindset of, I got to do my best here so that my next life or my afterlife is better. We are the only people that accept suffering in this life because the next life is supposed to be better. That's, that's, that is a true, that's a truth about us as a people. But what I wanted, the point I wanted to touch when we was talking about teachers is, right, if... And this is this is another one of my conspiracy theory moments, bruh. So teachers get paid shit pay. So smoke break. <laughs> so um, teachers get paid shit pay. Now, if this teacher comes from a family of money, and or her husband has money, she don't care. She the what she gets paid. She's not there for the pay. She's there for the mission. Now, people who have that wealth set up not to worry about the pay are normally not black people. So black people who get into teaching because they want to still need a paycheck. And it's the paycheck that's something that most likely the paycheck and lack of help or care from the students that sends them running from the school system. So I wonder... Going back to the tribe of people with the 100K in there that's helping everyone grow at the same rate. If Jane, if Toby's wife was a teacher and she didn't have to worry about bills, would she stay a teacher in the inner city and help disperse the information? Probably not. If she didn't have to worry about money, I think she would stay. I probably know two handfuls of teachers. We probably know a lot of the same teachers. Nah, I probably know probably a good uh, 10, 15 teachers. Out of those teachers, it's probably only three of them that teach 
because they actually like teaching and not because they fell into it and it was a job. Don't get me wrong, not to say that they don't love their kids and they don't want them to be better, but actually teaching for the love of teaching and not I need this check mm-hmm. is probably a good two, maybe three. I feel that I feel like if, if money wasn't a problem or money not even wasn't a problem, but was a manageable problem, right? Disclaimer, would, I'm not talking shit about teachers. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm, it's more about the school system than teachers. I feel that if money wasn't a pro- if money was a less of a problem, we would have more teachers who were just there to teach because. Like honestly, people tell me I should have been a teacher because I'm very good at teaching people things. But from jump break, I'm like, I'm not being a teacher. Look at look how much they get paid. So many people was like, who who you feel be qualified and really good at being a teacher, like, no, I want to make money. I want to make money. And I'm like, if we were in if we were in a system and had a tribe set up where money wasn't an issue. You say it like that, I get your point. I get you. you know what I'm saying? I so I you. feel like, like you said, we get we have teachers. We have some teachers who shouldn't be teachers, who don't want to be teachers, who are just teachers out of happenstance. And we have people who should be teachers, but don't because, because that money is because it's not a, it's not a job that, that becomes worth it in a monetary sense. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah, like like I said, that's that whole that's that whole fucking wealth system. And then oh, you brought up churches, bruh. And just the church as, as just just as a system, the church is supposed to be the trap. You should be able to go to your church and say, I can't pay my rent this month, and they write you a fucking check for your rent. But they don't. This goes to the building fund. <laughs> ah yeah. I'm like the church fun- is a whole new conversation. The funniest laugh I've ever fucking had that had me laughing for like 30 minutes straight on Central Avenue, right? Going on Central Avenue, over to where the KFC and the Shell gas station is, there used to be a bank that they turned into a church. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, what changed? Because it's... Where your money going? <laughs> Nah, the money at the bank wasn't blessed with the money from the church. It is like that's all the changes. And I feel like so one so us being able to have this I mean, even if the fund the fund with the seven people to make the tribe, right? That's that's not even say it's your whole check, right? It could be like the whole Susu thing, right? The Susu thing now makes more sense. And now I'm in a place where I I'm I'm totally for it and I'm sorry if I wasn't there when you was originally trying to do That's that? That's cool. No, no. I, I get the I get the mindset, so I don't even. Yeah, but still is. though, you 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 are right. You you are one hundred percent right. You brought this to me. You weren't some coworker. You brought this to me. I should have been the first motherfucker with my money out. Like that's that that is the truth of the matter. And that's just me being young and dumb. But. Now that my eyes have opened and I'm seeing that us, LeBron making it doesn't mean black people are going to make it because LeBron's not going to go from being a millionaire to a couple thousand there to bring up an entire community and he shouldn't have to. What we should do is like I'm saying is as a community, as a small community, Bring ourselves up. We don't do enough as an outreach, in, in outreach community. We look at it as 
okay, I got money. And I partially blame the way society as with within young people what what they have turned money into like this generation has no idea of the real concept behind money we have no idea that we have to make extra things happen and set aside for savings and we're not just out here to look the best and always have the most expensive thing on culture has taught us now that the best thing we can do to show that we have money is to buy something expensive. To look like we have money. Even though we know people with real money don't look like they got money. We don't save. We don't do outreach. We don't create outreach programs. I will give... I will give... Uh, uh, shit. I can't even think of this nigga's name. The nigga from... The basketball nigga, C. Pleasant. Uh, basketball nigga, C. Pleasant? Oh, what is this man's name? Kevin, Kevin Kevin Durant. Durant. I will give him credit because he does something that most most of us don't do for free, which is give back to the community with an unbiased mindset. Like most rich people that give back to the community are doing it for PR. They're doing it for some level of tax write-off. They're doing it to, to look good. Okay. Which goes back to the PR aspect. But... We don't do things to help the next generation become a better. No. I will. I was a black youngster. I will give him that too. Black youngster is one, and I'm. It's it's others out there. I'm not saying they don't, but it takes a while for them to get into the mindset. It's not too many young people, true, that are giving back. Like one, you get you got the rappers that are are getting a little older. You know, Nas, Jadakiss. Um, uh, you know, people like that, like that are doing like, oh, Christmas giveaways and Thanksgiving giveaways and mm-hmm. charities, Drake dues, little giveaways. But we don't look at it as a normalized thing to, hey, look, I'm worth 50 million once a month. I'm going to go back and do some kind of seminar for the moms or hold some kind of program for the kids to learn a new skill or Something like that. It's always, well, let's have fun. Let's have moon bounce and a cookout or some shit like that. It doesn't mean nothing. And tomorrow they're going to forget about that shit. And it's just going to go by the wayside. Oh, I get what you're saying. We're not doing anything to better our people. Yeah, we're just helping them forget maybe about for a moment. White people got yacht clubs and tennis programs and golf leagues and all of that shit that they do and... They give that check to somebody. They do something with that check. And that shit also like creates jobs. And it, it's a it's a spiral. The whole spiral. fucking thing is a tax write-off. None of that money counted for anything. No, you're right. But we don't do that. Because mm. that's going to take away from my money. Why are you trying to take away from my millions by asking for this $50,000 when I got $80 million? So you can help them little niggas over there. Nah, bro. I ain't had that when I grew up. Yeah. And that's what the statement always is. It's like, I don't know why Oprah hasn't just built a hospital. Oprah don't give a fuck about black people. I Yo, I'm sorry. I said it on. <laughs> and it's going to go out to the world. I hope she fucking calls me. Oprah don't give a fuck about black people at all. Nah, but it's, 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 it's all of them. It's all of them in that sense. Like, And I get what you're saying. Like, to make something that stands and will help people. 
like I said, like I give LeBron like so much respect for making that school, and it's a public school too. And I'm saying, and I mean, like when I talk about the textbooks, it's not to take away anything from that school. It's just somebody else needs to take the next step, right? Like Killer Mike just made, just he did a what is it, Greenmore, huh? Oh, I thought you were talking about his documentary. He's uh, on. He's on hitting colors too. <laughs> Yo, Killer Mike. He 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 made his. He made a black bank. Yeah, and it's like people. It like people signed up for it so quickly that shit has a waiting list. So like, why did it take for him to start that? Like, this isn't something new. Like all of these. Oh, I'm not very. All of these like. Every basketball player should have a rec center in a fucking city. Because you needed a rec center to make it out. You needed something to to go to, something to do to make it out. Yeah. Like, why hasn't Dr. Dre or Timbaland... Like, I'm not trying to tell people to do their money, but, like, in your city, why don't you have a free studio? You got enough money to fund a free studio on a basic level so people can learn both sides of it. Like, I don't see why that's not a a thing, like you said, to help people get out. And it's, but it's like, like you said, like, it's not, it's all, it's one thing. It's like, that's my money. I'm not going to spend money on them because I didn't have it. I had to fight hard to get it. But also the big fish, you do some shit like that. Like what's going to happen to some, if you're not like, if you're not at the top and pinnacle of it, if you just some random dude on the Wizards and you make a rec center that's making people that's getting people out that shit might be the reason you get out cause they got a thing about stomping out people who help they people so you you have to truly take the choice to risk your entire living livelihood Colin Kaepernick for motherfuckers who will then turn on you yeah and it's like Colin Kaepernick took a knee, the world got kicked out of the league, right? Black people was behind him. Until the next season started. Oh, until they heard this nigga was making money from Nike. And he was like, oh, no, that was all a publicity stunt for Nike. I'm like, this nigga lost his job and was able to turn it around. He lost his job. He gave attention to a serious issue. And then. Wound up being able to not lose his entire livelihood over the shit. And he got turned on that, man. And then if he would have went broke and made nothing of his life and never did anything else again, you'd be like, I ain't going to do that shit because I don't want to end up like him. So he was damned if he do, he was damned if he don't. 333. 333. Yo, Netflix need to sponsor all these episodes. I'm just saying, yo, like... It is so much information out there, and it's 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 one of them things that unless you actually sit and think about way of life and the systemic problems that we have within our community, it is not ever something that you are going to take seriously or realize how much it affects your day to day. Because we're so programmed to think. This way is the right way because that's the way my mother and father did it. Mm-hmm. Not realizing how many generations back you should be pulling from 
you are just looking at one or two generations. You're not looking at, well, why this? I give it, I equate it to a recipe. You know, I like, I like comparisons. <laughs> I equate it to a recipe. Everybody that makes potato salad makes potato salad different. But you make potato salad the way your mama made potato salad because that's the way she did it. Mm-hmm. Unless mama couldn't cook. You made the way grandma. You somebody taught you how to make potato salad. So you the right the right way, <laughs> quote unquote the right way. But that is not to say that the other person's potato salad isn't just as good mm. to somebody else. If you blind taste test two people's potato salad, you might say. Oh, your potato salad good and your potato salad good, but y'all got two different recipes. Y'all went about the life cycle of this potato salad two different ways, but produced the same end result. Yeah. What would you? We look at everything as a linear thing of this is right and that is wrong. And I know it's right and wrong because that's what generations past me in my lineage told me. me yep now i took this with an unbiased eye and looked at both of them and saw how you developed your recipes within these two mm-hmm. and not even let me try your recipe to see if i like it no your recipe isn't my recipe so that shit is nasty and it doesn't taste right so yeah and then one thing i just gotta speak on i just gotta speak on because motherfuckers just need to hear this whoever hear this shit they the boom of Facebook, <laughs> the boom of Amazon. My, every motherfucker and their mama wanted to be the next, uh, what's his name? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. What's um, Mark? What? What's his name? Mark Zuckerberg, or um, I don't know. I can't remember the name of the dude who owns fucking Amazon. Jeff Bezos, right? Oh, him. The crazy part about this shit is. Most of these niggas start off as thieves and liars. He stole the idea of Facebook. He turned it into something great, but he stole that shit. Amazon, they used to sell books. Out of this man's apartment building. But most of the books he sold, he never had. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was some loophole about the way he did his books. Like, right now, this nigga is using tax loopholes to never pay income taxes. Like... These motherfuckers rape and flip the system. They are the biggest thieves. They just legally steal. So you're here trying to do the shit. You either they either they they were doing it the illegal legal way. The problem with our community is we try to do it the legal legal way. We don't get too far. Or we do it the illegal illegal way. We go to jail and we really don't get too far. So we haven't learned how to do it the illegal legal you way. Forgot yet. about that, or you scared to do it? Period. Yeah. Oh, you don't do shit, and just talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, and we haven't figured out the fact. Oh, we have to do it the illegal legal way, which is like you know I just fudge some stuff here, but I got some stuff there, and then that's the way I've been making. Like you can't being keeping shit legal legal. You don't reach these heights. It's all about getting forward, man. So, I'm going to wrap this shit up to say that we need to we need to fucking change our thought process on wealth. And to do that, we need to ingrain in ourselves a pride that we used to have that we don't. And also, 
Stop trying to get, stop trying to win their wet, their rat race when we over here, when we fucking goldfish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that it's, shit is. It's apples to oranges, and we want to make all apples inside of an orange. That shit is like, uh, somebody said what it's like. A, everything's a genius. A fish is a genius inside the ocean, but you put that shit on the sand, and it's an idiot. And I feel like we we're we're a bunch of fucking fish on the sand, like we're playing their game. And it's like every time we start to win at their game, they change their game. <coughs> so we just gotta say fuck the game. Smoke break. Yo, this should be enlightening, bro. Yet another one comes to an end. We see y'all next time. Thank you for listening. Again, leave comments. Thank you.